What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Canadian Beef. So we have Robin and Jason here today. Canadian Beef, uh, the fourth episode, right? So we now have four under our belt. You guys, please, I'm going to say this in the intro this time. Subscribe, like the videos, and share the videos, guys. We're, we're just starting up, but, um, you know, being that we're a startup, things have to get moving and we've got some really good guests coming. And if you want to continue seeing great guests like Jason, and I did get a lot of feedback, man. People are very excited to see you. Very excited. You, you have a lot That's of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, but um, I mean, for, for a guy doing 212 and coming from classic, a lot of people know your name. I definitely been following you for a while, so it's it's an honor to be on. Uh, Robin, did you want to say anything to Jason before I get started with my spiel? Hi, Jason. Uh, <laughs> 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 I've known Robin for what uh, since 2018 Olympia, right? 18, yeah, yeah. yeah we it's it's a funny story. We met at 2018 Olympia, and uh, because we were both working with Bro Activewear and. If you guys don't know Bro Activewear, it was just, he was a complete disaster. Wait um, a second, but, wait a second. I got to jump in. Uh, Raul? Yeah, Raul. Yeah. 2018? Oh. Well, yeah, so. Yeah, not the Toronto Pro. Yeah, so that year he, it's a funny story because he brought Jason and myself to the Olympia, you know, to do no. some promotional content for him. But I don't think either of us ended up doing any promotional content because no. he was just partying the whole time, like. He was just like out of commission. So then Jason and I just hanging out the whole time and it was awesome. And I, I think it was the first time that I've met someone who could eat more than myself. <laughs> and I was like, this that's guy's pretty much all we did. Just ate, just, we yeah. ate and trained. Well, yeah. It was funny too, because I think that was the very first time I'd been to the Olympia and didn't have any like photo shoots or video shoots planned. I didn't have to do anything. So I was just there. We hung out, we worked out, we ate. And then the very last like night we were there or something, or the second to last night, we're all at Cheesecake Factory. Oh wow. And as soon as I get done on like my third slice of cheesecake, I get a phone call from Muscular Development asking if I can do a video shoot the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody canceled on them and they wanted me to come out there. I'm like, oh my God. My belly's out here. Gotta pull yeah. it fight out there. <laughs> They're like, it's okay, you can just work out arms. You can keep your shirt on. It's like, I'll do it. I'll get an awesome pump. You probably you probably looked amazing. <laughs> yeah. Full well, then I went straight and worked out legs with you, and you almost killed me. Yeah, right after true. that, I remember that. That was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that that Vegas heat was was dry. I was like, like my throat was dry. Everything was dry. It was so different, man. I don't know, like, yeah, yeah. I I um I got to interject here. Um, when you said when you said bro, uh, and you talked about Raul. The funny thing is, I um, I had my run-in with him. I was actually, like, sponsored by him in 2017. Raul's a great guy. I just think, you know what, yeah. there was a lot of controversy about bro. And I don't even know if we should be talking about this, Robin, if you're okay to talk about this. But there was a lot of controversy, right? About oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Them. I'll tell you my story. Uh, he, he helped me out in 2017. He got us all a house. He got oh, us, which was cool. Yeah, I think he um, <laughs> I think we have a Canadian tanning company. He ended up paying for all our tans. 
And then I think he tried to jump ship. I'm not sure if this is a true story, but I think that's what happened. But he he was a good guy. All all in all, um, I, I worked his booth in 2017. And man, he was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll say my spiel. Like I still am in contact with Rao. I still work with him for uh he yeah. helps me out with some of my shows and stuff like that. And he yeah. went through a period where he was making a lot of mistakes yeah. with athletes. And I had a, I, I actually talked to him because I was like, look, I don't want my name associated with all the mistakes that you're making. And I sat down and had a long talk with him and said, look, you need to stop promising the world to every single athlete that comes along. And then you can't follow through with your promises. I was like, I'm the type of person that I don't expect any handouts. I don't expect you to give me anything, but I do expect that if you promise me something to keep your word. Exactly. And there were several times that he had to, you know, couldn't follow through with what he promised me because he promised so many people the same thing and he couldn't, couldn't afford it or just couldn't do it. So I was like, look, I know you're a good guy. Your heart's in the right place, but you got to, think business like and stop promising everybody that comes along the same thing i mean most people especially amateurs like when i first started with him i was happy with anything give me some free shorts yeah you know that's awesome i didn't yeah. expect a free flight and a free hotel and a free spray tanning like it was awesome that he did that but i wasn't expecting all that oh, i feel the same way i mean to me, like, uh, I had a good relationship with Raul, and I could tell, like, he was such a, a good, genuine person, um, but he just had some things, like, you know, some things haunting him, I guess, that he had to deal with, um, yeah. and I just felt the same way, you know, he, he believed in me saying, you know, you're going to win your pro card and things like that, and he sponsored me before I won my pro card, and, you know, I was wearing his posing trunks when I won my pro card, and, you know, the posing trunks were great, and I loved working with them, and everything was yeah. awesome. But then, you know, there was those issues with like when he started overextending himself and he was mm-hmm. prom- promising like 10 different people, 10 different things. And I was like, hey, man, like, why don't you just focus on like Jason, myself, you know, your top five guys, you know, and we'll do the best we can for you. And then, you know, we can build like, you know, a symbiotic relationship where we yeah. all have, you know, that kind of moving forward mentality instead of like, oh, we need like. 25 people to grow this business it's like you know we, we only need five and we could have done that but yeah i actually it's funny because then he reached out from another account recently and i was like oh no way like <laughs> you know but then i think he kind of disappeared again but that, that's cool that you're still in touch with him if if he reached out again i don't know if you're going to watch this raul but if you do reach out again um you know i'd always be happy to uh to chat with you and like you know i i think you know you're a great guy and i would like to continue our relationship if that was the case but anyways um <laughs> So what's going on, Jason? You're getting ready right now for uh, the Olympia or what's going on? I'm getting ready to get huge. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, for the first time in, uh, you know, past two years, I've been at the Olympia and competing. And uh, I'll be back to being a spectator this year. Didn't qualify, but, you know, it is 40 minutes down the road from where I live. So at least I get to go hang out. True, eh? Yeah, I want to touch on that because I, I was going through your competitive history, Jason. Um, I, I don't know. Well, you haven't seen any of our podcasts yet because they're brand new. But uh, Robin and I do a little bit of research and I've done quite a bit of research on you. And navigating that MPC website sucks. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but that said, you've got quite a few competitions, man. I mean, under your belt. 
Um, you started in 2015. Yeah, 2015 uh, Diamond Classic. You, it was my well, first show. I, 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 um, I, somewhere I, I saw you place first in the light heavy division. And the overall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, light heavy. The classic wasn't out yet. Okay. But you, you were, you were coming right out the gates. You won first place. I think it was the junior USA's or the junior. I, w- I went, uh, I did the diamond classic in 2015 yeah. and light heavy and overall. Okay. And then I went straight to the universe Yeah. and got taught a lesson. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> saw, but then in 2016, you went on to compete in classic physique. Yeah. You made your pro debut in that division 2017, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so, so it was kind of ambiguous, but it looked like you started competing in classic 2017 and you made it right to the Olympia for 2018, which is really cool. I guess you, you won the San Antonio pro first. Yeah, place. So that was actually, I didn't win. I didn't qualify in 20, 2017. I turned pro and I jumped right into the pro stage and did Chicago a month after I turned pro and then Tampa a month after, month after that um, and got like seventh place at Tampa, which I was still coaching myself at that time too. I had never had a coach. So I coached myself all through turning pro and then my first two pro shows. And uh, then I didn't really like my look at Tampa pro, even though I got seventh place, you know, which was pretty good. I thought my right after turning pro, but uh, I saw Chris Aceto st- sitting on the stairs in the lobby right after the show. And I was like, you know what? I didn't like my look here. I went up and in- introduced myself to him. And uh, he's like, look, I got guys. I'm getting ready for the Olympia. But right after that, let's talk. So that's how that kind of started. And he prepped me. Uh, our first show together was the Arnold Classic the next year. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Aceto because who wouldn't want Aceto as a coach? From I know Regan did it. Um, and, and from a marketing perspective, I think it's the most brilliant thing to do because Chris not only promotes his athletes, but people already know who Chris is. Yeah. You know, uh, through, through the reach of RX Muscle and all those other channels. But Chris Aceto's, you know, the coach to use if you want to get your name out there. Not saying that you took advantage of that, but it's probably a pretty good, you know, gateway into the sport. My biggest uh, reasoning, I guess, is because, you know, I was getting into coaching at people as well. And I, I kind of looked at it almost as like a college. Like, this mm-hmm. is my education. I'm, I'm not only going to have a coach that's going to tr- make me my best, but help me be a better coach to my athletes that are coming to me for help. Because I had all... You know, I research, I watch a lot of podcasts, I do a lot of research online and stuff like that. But learning from somebody that's been doing it for 30 plus years is a whole nother level, you know. So are you still working with Aceto right now, I assume? For competition, yes. I do my own off season. Okay, cool. You're very successful. I got a lot of questions oriented towards your off season. Um, one of them being that we we caught that post. I'll get into that in a bit. I just want to, to finish off your intro with the, you know, proper format because you've transitioned from classic and gone on to 212 very successfully. Like this is something you've done very well. And I, 
well, I wouldn't say a lot of people haven't done it because George is doing it too. I've got questions about yeah. that because yeah, it's George, George and Keon. Yeah, Keon, Keon, yeah. And George, and yourself. I mean, you guys have all been very successful. And so, it was funny, like I did nationals in 2016 and I got fourth place and that's where George turned pro. Hmm. And then me and Keon turned pro at the same show. We're both in classic physique. So we've just kind of all been going right along there. Uh, and then we both, when then we all make the transition to 212 in the same year. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and, and you go to the New York pro and you play second. Yeah. I mean, that's a big show. That's a big yeah. show to, to play second. In. That's that must feel great, man. That felt amazing, honestly, especially since uh, Tampa Pro uh, five weeks earlier, I put, got 11th. Yeah. And because I just wasn't sharp enough, my conditioning was off. I was in my head in Aceto, too. He was trying to keep me extra full the whole prep. So we didn't lose any size since we were moving up to the 212 vision. And it kind of backfired and like I didn't have the right conditioning okay. I needed, you know. So I told him after Tampa, I was like, all right, let's do New York. I don't care what about my size. I don't care about my weight. Just bring me in skinless, you know, peel to the bone. That's all I, I was like. I need redemption from Tampa, not coming in condition. I just want to be shredded. So <clears throat> we actually came in. I was only 200 pounds at that New York Pro. But at backstage, a lot of the same people from Tampa were there. And they're like, dude, you look like you put on 10 pounds since, you know, Tampa. I was like, I've lost 10 pounds. Yeah, I agree. Conditioning can can do that. Yeah. Can I ask? What, what was that like uh, to get that second place? Like, did you, in your mind when you were up there, because it was with Bo Lewis and you guys were really close. Were you up there thinking, like, I got this? Or were you like, I'm okay with second? Obviously, I wanted to win. <laughs> yeah, but, but did, did you have that feeling that you were going to win? I had a feeling they were going to give it to him. Mm. I knew it was close, um, and I knew it was kind of a coin toss. It could have gone either way. A lot of people were saying that. Bo told me right before we walked out on stage, he's like, dude, congrats, dude. This one's yours. You got this. Like, he, he thought I had won. <laughs> but, you know, I knew he had just gotten second place at the Tampa Pro against George five weeks earlier and I had, I was coming from 11th place and I knew it was close, but I saw some of the shots and I was like, okay, I think I won this shot. I think I won this shot. I think it could go either way on this one. You know, he might have me on this one. So there were, it really was a toss up. Where do you, I didn't know what to expect. Where do you think he beat you in that show? Um, I think, some of the side shots, his uh, his quads definitely had more separation, were a little bigger. Um, even the front shots, my the way I posed, my quads looked okay. But his quads, like especially if you were there in person, his quads were definitely a lot stronger than mine. More of a sweep. I think I had him on the back shots and the conditioning. But also, we both did exactly what the judges told us to do. We got feedback in Tampa. They told him to come back fuller. They told me to get harder. And we both did exactly what they told us to do. So it was kind of hard to knock him on not being quite as conditioned when they told him to come in fuller from the last show, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. Now, like fast forwarding to this year, you made a lot of improvements, but 
your placings didn't reflect that. Now, why do you think that is? Is it just because the the talent or the athletes that you competed against this year were so much better than the quality last year? Or do you feel like there's a different look that they're going for now? What do you think the, the reasoning is for your, you made improvements, but your placing didn't improve? I, I was literally just thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. The, I definitely think that the lineup at this year's Tampa Pro was harder than any lineup in the past couple of years outside of the Olympia. Um, but, you know, I feel like I could have been up a few places in both of the shows I did this year, but it's hard to argue with the top three at both at Chicago and Tampa. So, I mean, I don't know. I definitely think it was just, a, you know, I don't want to say 2020 had weaker lineups because they were tough too. There was a lot of really good shows, but there were a lot of people that weren't there as well. I mean, we had 26 guys in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big lineup for a 212 show. Yeah. The lineups definitely have grown in like since 2020 or 2021, the lineups definitely grew. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of guys that didn't even make top six that looked phenomenal. So it, I don't know. I think um, I'm, I'm disappointed because I really thought I, I know I brought my best. I was better than last year. That was the best I've been. But uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed in the placements. But at the same time, I think about where I would be at the Olympia this year. And I'm not sure if I'd st- be like looked at for that top five still. And I think with a solid off season, then next year I can be like a contender for that, you know, top three, top five. So what do you need to do then in order to make sure that this like placing doesn't happen again? I need bigger legs. Uh, I need, I don't think you can ever have too big a back. So, and the judges actually told me my lower lats could come up a bit. Uh, they said your upper backs thick as can be your, your lats are wide, but they attach low, just lower development isn't quite as thick. So lower, lower back, lower lats and quads, basically. Mm. Um, I personally, I also think my adductors need to come up. Yeah. Give a little more thickness to the legs, but otherwise that, and just keeping the waist as small as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think the only, the only difference that I saw with the top five in the two twelve this year was that everybody had bigger legs. Yeah. Like, like the top, the top five had massive legs compared to last year. It was like a little more symmetrical, but now it's like almost the legs are the biggest part of the two twelve. So you just have For to sure. go, go with it. Yeah. Seems, yeah. Seems to be in every division at this point. Legs are- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, uh, when I started bodybuilding, it wasn't even a thing. Um, you know, now it's grown into the, you know, into being the, the contest is based on who's going to have the best legs. If you're, you know, it's a coin toss, like Jason was talking about, it was a coin toss, you know, his conditioning was better, but it was just the, the quad, the quad. Yeah. And it, it seems to weigh heavily in open, in classic, and in 212. And 212, man, I mean, you guys just, 
like both both classic and 212 evolved and 212 i mean to see sean clarita did i mean how yeah. much mass can a dude put on you know with a tiny frame it's like sean clarita honestly like is yeah. one of the most like his story and the way his come up from where he started is like motivational as hell though yeah because i mean everyone told him he was never going to be anything he couldn't be a bodybuilder he earns his pro card everyone tells him he was never going to do decent as a pro there was nothing he'd do as small as he is he wins a he finally wins a pro show everyone's like yeah but you're never going to be able to compete at the olympia he finally wins the olympia Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah He's always been like the underdog coming up, and then finally he's the top dog. Yeah, good, good on him, man. It, uh, it was a really good year to see Sean do that well. And I think that lineup, and you almost cracked top 10, right? That was a crazy lineup. That was 11th. Yeah, they, that was a good lineup. To, like, you got to be proud of yourself when you're, when you're just outside of a, a lineup like that, like I mean, outside of the top 10. Yeah, I, I mean, especially – the classic physique Olympia I competed in the year prior to that. Yeah. I didn't place. Yeah. So moving up to the two twelve division within one year and getting a better placing at the Olympia, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't upset. I, I thought I could have been one or two spots higher, but I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see Guy Cicinino, Guy Cicinino beating me there, but yeah, I, just, I agree. I mean, I think it, I think it's tough. Like you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, let's say you're eleventh and you really wanted that top ten. Well, it's almost like you know you, you're disappointed by the fact that you didn't crack a top ten or top five or top three or win the show, but you still have to put a positive spin on it and look at oh, yeah. what you what you did do. You did make a lot of improvements. You did get a lot better, and that's that's the point of the sport is to just to keep coming back, getting better. So if you can consistently make the improvements like you did adding like seven pounds of solid muscle, well, you said you're 207. So you can add another five pounds of muscle and cap out at your 212 weight class. That's going to be a big Jason. Now is that, is that your goal then for next year is to come back 212, bigger lats, bigger legs. And what are you going to do differently in order to, to like for your training or your diet? Is there anything that you're going to do differently this off season to make sure that you come back with those improvements so you can win. Um, as far as the training and the diet goes, I don't think there'll be too much different. Um, I mean, it, if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Um, the diet will be the only thing that will be a little bit different probably just because I'm going to try and switch to a few foods. Like we were talking earlier before we started recording, I think about like cream of rice and cream of wheat and stuff like that just stuff that'll digest a little easier than just pounding, you know, three cups of rice and, uh, you know, a ton of sweet potatoes and stuff like that. Uh, that's going to push my stomach out more or something like that. Picking foods that'll digest easier and faster that I can get a good amount of calories in without blowing my stomach out or anything like that. But, um, I've never had a problem with my appetite. Yeah, so, for sure. uh, I definitely can get the calories in, but, um, it's just picking the right foods that work well with my body too. So if you're someone that has a really big appetite, um, are you ever conscious of 
because you're doing your own off season. Are you conscious of periods where if you've pushed food to a certain point, do you ever pull back or do you just continue to push as much as possible? No, I definitely have periods where I'll pull back. Um, yeah. It'd almost be like, you know, reaching a new set point and holding, maintaining that set point for a while before making another push, yeah. you know? So right now I, I gained weight pretty fast after uh, Tampa pro uh, just cause it, I was starved to be down there. But um like I'm two around 245 right now. And I've been like around that weight for about a week and a half, two weeks now. I'm not trying to push any heavier right now. I wanted to kind of find homeostasis there, find comfort uh, be comfortable at that weight, not you know, wake up and be out of breath and you know, hard to put my shoes on and everything like that. When you gain weight too fast, everything's just uncomfortable. Yeah. So once, like, I'm feeling pretty good at this weight now. So, and I'm getting my blood work done tomorrow. So just want to make sure all my health markers are good before I make another push up to another, you know, 255 or so. Definitely. find that, like, when you're pushing the food, you get to a point where you push the food and you get to this weight, like 250 or so, and it looks really good. Your composition is good. You're on a heavy diet. You say you like to eat. I know I, I can relate, like I'm tall and I like to eat as well. So you get to this point where you're eating, 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 and then you become cognizant that like, okay, I'm, I'm in great shape. And I don't know how long it takes you, but say two or three months go by and you're still eating that or a month or whatever it may be. And then you notice you're holding that weight, but then you start getting a little bit of body fat. Is that how it goes with you? Yeah, sometimes that's how it is. That's um, last year, I blew up to uh, 245, two, 250. Um, and when I first, you know, right after the show, you're not really holding much body fat. You're extremely full glycogen and water and everything. So you still look, you know, gnarly, you know, but uh, yeah, definitely starts to turn in a little bit softer and softer the whole longer you hold it and uh i don't know i think a lot of people are afraid of holding that little softness but i think it's actually good to hold a little bit of softness in the off season and you know let your body like i said find a homeostasis at that new level at the new new set point otherwise if you don't hold that weight for a certain amount of time and you just, oh, I hit my hit my goal weight. I'm 260. I'm going to start cutting now. Your body never found a new set point at that 260. You dropped, so you dropped fast. Gonna, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't put on any real, any real muscle tissue at that weight. Yeah. Because the Cito and, 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 and uh, Dave Palumbo say the same thing. We mentioned this last uh, uh, podcast with Jamie, Jamie the Giant. Like you hit that and you hold it. Holding yeah. it difficult part though but like holding it without holding it and over like extending food and then getting like worse and worse composition that's for, for personally i find that a hard part especially when you got a strong appetite because you can do it like some guys will be like oh man i'm uncomfortable and i can't eat all this food i, I hear that a lot like people yeah. complaining about eating the food and if you're hungry and i assume this is you you can eat that food, but you could also, it's a slippery slope. Like you never lower your <laughs> macros 
or whatever you do and your calorie count sky high for like the next six months. Yeah, that's why I've told people before, if I wasn't bodybuilding, I'd be fat as can be. <laughs> so like, but, <laughs> so um, that's why I like a lot of times I do choose foods that are a little more voluminous. And I know a lot of builder, bodybuilders that don't like to eat a lot of vegetables in the off season. They'll take a greens powder or something like that. But I like to incorporate more vegetables in there just because it does kind of blunt my appetite from eating too much like more dense calories yeah yeah i like i like having veggies i mean especially um like the cruciferous ones like those broccolis the you know um uh, brussels sprouts kale uh cabbage that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. i think i think it's it's nice and honestly like i've done off seasons where i ate less veg and i just found that over time my digestion suffered a little bit and yeah you can definitely have greens powders but i think they they only carry you so far you still need to have like a variety because it, it's only greens, right? Like you still need to have like your reds and your yellows and mm-hmm. your purples and things like that. So I think like getting that variety in the off season is definitely really, really important. Yeah. I, I incorporate a lot, a lot of fruit as well. Um, you know, I'll do my fruit to get my micronutrients in there as well. And it's just delicious. I love fruit. So <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll throw in, you know, some diced up bell peppers and stuff in there, different things like that, that aren't, you know, super high calorie or stuff like that, but will help fill me up. Cause otherwise, like I said, if I was doing all simple digested food that just, you know, is easy to get down, which a lot of bodybuilders that don't have a big appetite need, like yeah. I have, I have one client right now. I can't even explain how many, how much food I'm feeding this kid and he cannot put on, any weight and it's like mind-blowing i'm like dude you're eating like three times as much food as most 250 pound bodybuilders kids like 170 pounds <laughs> oh i definitely have some clients that are like that too and even it's it's actually kind of crazy how um how, how much variety or i guess the range of you know different people different ages and and what their metabolism can really handle i have like uh, like a 65 year old client he eats upwards of 5,000 calories and and maintains like 210 pounds yeah. not not wow. fat at all it's it's kind of crazy yeah. right but then you also have crazy. guys you have guys that they can't lose weight at like 2000 calories so yeah so okay so let's let's talk about someone who has a hard time eating a lot of food what do you do with them do you what what do you do with someone who has a hard time eating a lot of food they have a low appetite in like the off season to yeah. grow yeah i make it as simple as possible i mean i still want to get some that healthy foods in there I don't want to say clean foods or whatever, but you know, you know, the bro foods, the healthy, healthier stuff, but yeah, I'll start throwing in simple stuff, but you know, uh, I think one of the meals I have that kid eating like has a bagel with some like honey on it and stuff like that, just to get extra carbs. I'll start adding juice in there if they need more carbs and just can't get any more food down, you know, start adding a little juice in there. Um, just simple things like that that won't take up much stomach space Hmm. and the the fructose and stuff in there will actually stimulate their appetite a little bit too usually so the sugars in there that's seeing high glycemic yeah carbs like the cream of rice is always a good option too for those people yeah i try and keep things more like that you know cream of rice uh you know rice you know whatever stuff they digest easy 
but when they just can't get any more food down and they're struggling and they're still not gaining any weight, then I'll start looking at the more simple things to add in there. Like, you know, toast and jam or, you know, like I said, some fruit juice or something like that, just something that they can get down along with their, you know, healthier meals. Yeah. If, if someone has a hard time eating food and they have a hard time gaining weight because of that, do you incorporate things like cardio or do you give them like certain supplements to help with that as well? Um, yeah, I will start. I don't like to do too much cardio because obviously they're already struggling to get enough calories in to, uh, but I will start having them at least go on like maybe a, a little walk or something like that to stimulate yeah. the appetite to, you know, nothing like intense, but maybe even if they do 15 minutes in the morning before their first meal, it'll kind of get the appetite going a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I know there's a lot of people that are not, a, not that this is a SARM, but the MK677, it does stimulate ghrelin. So, you know, it stimulates ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So a lot of times I'll suggest that if they just need something to stimulate that appetite. GHR, that was a spinoff from like the GHRPs. Right. And then uh, MK came out and became popularized. And I think that's a coach's dream for these people. You know, the GHRP was great because you could go to an all-you-can-eat buffet with your buddies. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm (laughs) going to wreck you in this fucking competition right now. Right. (laughs) Next thing you know. But those are, those are, yeah, for sure. The ghrelin is like, that's a real, real game changer. I know I've taken the MK677 and I was hungry. Like I'm always hungry, but it like pushed it to another level where I was like eating all my meals and snacking between them. Yeah. That's the problem too. Yeah. Guys in his off season, he's already a hungry guy and he takes it. Like you got all you can eat. That's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm waiting for my training partner. Uh, I'm, I coach him as well, and he's three and a half weeks out right now. I'm like, dude, I'm just hurry up and get in the off season so we can get, get all you can eat the sushi after every training session. <laughs> like right now, he's starving, and I'm like, come on, let's go get some sushi. I want to eat sushi with you, you guys, Jason, Robin. When you guys are all in Toronto, I, I've got to know. So, yeah, absolutely. I haven't been to Toronto since I was 16, so I need <laughs> to make it up there. How many pieces, Jason? Would you say I have no idea? The, everything cumulatively, how much do you think? Like 400, 500? Oh, I don't know, man. The last time I yeah. went really hard on sushi was after the uh, I want it was a show I did in Fargo, North Dakota, a classic physique show in 2018. Yeah. And um, was it 2018? I think so. And I don't know if you know who Ferlin Bailey is. Um, he was he was doing it. And he was coached by AJ Sims. Yeah. And we all went out after the show because I was out there by myself. My wife couldn't make it to the show. I'm there all by myself and I'm friends with Ferlin. So he's like, come on, you're coming out to eat with us after the show. We got all you can eat sushi. And I ordered so many on my first round that they had to bring it out in one of the boats. (laughs) And I finished off. I finished off the entire boat and ordered more and they brought out another boat. I guess I ordered that much again. And I finished off all that and was picking off everybody else's plate. You, you guys get this? Like we, me and my, me and my boy get this every time we go for sushi, they come to our table and they don't even know it. So like, 
Um, are you sure you ordered like a hundred pieces of white tuna and salmon? And do they do that to you guys too? You know what they oh, do? Yeah. You know what they do? Because the last time I went out with, with a buddy of mine, we went to the same place a couple times. Yeah. And we order a bunch and they don't bring it all. And so we have to reorder it. We wait. We wait a long time. Like we wait like 20 minutes. 30 minutes goes by. We're like, okay, they're definitely not bringing any more now. So we reorder it and then they bring it. You know what I mean? But like we checked, we checked and we're like, oh, we definitely put that through, but this hasn't come yet. So <laughs> it's like, they're almost like, they're like, oh no, like we're just going to like make them reorder it. So that they kind of slow down, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the other experience I've gotten is whenever, whenever you do, they're like, they remind you, you know, if you don't finish it, you have to pay for whatever's <laughs> left on the table. Oh man. And I got a, I got so a story they, about that. <laughs> they bring it all out and they're just like hoping you don't finish it all or something. You're like, don't worry about us. We're big boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I got a story about that. Um, so when I hit 300 pounds, my, my challenge for myself was to do 300 pieces of sushi. Yeah. Okay. I, I, obviously it wasn't by myself. I don't think I could ever do that, but <laughs> anyway, so, so we're sitting there and we're eating it and, and they told us like, you know, like whatever's left, you have to pay for it. So we're like, okay, well that's fine. We're going to smash this all. And there was literally like, I don't know, like maybe 10 pieces left and we just could not like we, you know, you do the old, you do the napkin trick, you do whatever you can, you're putting in your pockets and there was still 10 left and they came over and they were like cheering us on. They're like, you can do it. You can do it. And we're like, I, we can't. And we were just like, it was so disappointing. Right. Cause it was, we were so close and they're like, okay, you know, we're going to charge. And it was like, whatever, $5 or whatever, but we were just like, Oh my God, so close. <laughs> but, if, I, but if I had, if I had the MK six, seven, seven, I bet <laughs> you I could have done it. And guys, I just want to let you guys know that if you guys want to get yourself some MK six, seven, seven, we do have a sponsor for the show helix online you can use the code beef 20 get yourself some sirens yeah, yeah i didn't even know that and i brought up the mk677 <laughs> good <you> segue go. <laughs> yeah, but sponsor your your story about that reminded me i i like to do competitive like eating challenges at restaurants in my off season sometimes so i go every now and then once a month or so i might do that and no way what have you done was, uh, i don't i don't know if it was last year or the year before but uh, I went to this restaurant and they had like, they called it a like four pound burger and a pound of fries. But each burger patty, I, a friend of mine did it with me and he brought it, he couldn't finish it. So he brought it home and he weighed the burger patties. After being cooked, they were all over a pound. Oh. And then on each one was like four different types of cheese. It had... Uh, bacon a fried egg uh chorizo like all kinds of stuff so this thing weighed probably six pounds and then the fries they saw us come in like big guys and they're like oh we're gonna screw these guys over that was probably <laughs> two two pounds of fries and you had an hour to eat it and i ate every single bite i had like 15 fries left and i was at that same point you were with the sushi I could not force another fry in my mouth. And they're like, dudes comes over. He's like, dude, just shove them in your mouth. As long as it's down before the hour is up. I'm like, dude, if they go in my mouth, everything's coming back out. Yeah. I was like, there's no way I can put another fry in my mouth right now. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, like, I, we all have our stories. Uh, we did this one in 20, I think it was 2015 or 2014. It was a long time ago, but we went to the, this diner and they had an eating competition. They're notorious out by where we live in Ottawa. They're notorious for having this weird kind of all-you-can-eat burger challenge. So we're like, yeah, we'll check it out. And it's eight burgers. 
but they fucking stack it on toast, right? So it's not really appetizing either. It's just like eight. Like grilled cheese or just toast? Just toast, man. Like toast, like not even burger <laughs> buns. So you, you have the stack of burgers on toast, which isn't really appetizing. And then they bring you out like the pound of fries, right? Uh, but the coleslaw is what does you win. Because you have this, I don't know how much the coleslaw weighs, but it's like this bowl of coleslaw, like a fucking, I don't know, pounds and pounds of coleslaw on top of this. So it's really plain food you cook at home. And it's just, my buddy actually finished it. And I was like, he, he went on their wall. First person to go on their wall. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's nauseating. That's the hard part is stuff that's just one flavor all the way through. Yeah. You got to get down with so much of it. Because I've done, I did a a 32 inch pizza challenge. It was a team challenge. It was me and, um, me and one other guy, uh, clay. I don't know if you've heard of team unmatched. Yeah. He, he coaches a lot of people down here, but, um, we sat down and it was 60 slices and it had to have five toppings on it. Oh. So it was hefty pizza. And we had an hour. I think we were the only, the third team to ever go on the wall. We beat it. Um, in like 40 minutes, 60 slices. But how many, how many guys did you have for the 60 slices? Just two, just two. Oh my God. Just the lot. two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the other two teams that were on the wall of fame that had beat it were professional eaters. Damn. Like that travel around doing that and stuff. I yeah. think it was like Randy Santel was on there and like, uh, a couple other like professional eaters. But the craziest part was like, we started off so strong. We're going to town we probably had three fourths of the pizza gone in 15 minutes. And then yeah. we both just hit the wall. Yeah. And we're like, but like, I can't swallow. I'm chewing for five minutes. Can't swallow it. Oh, it that, that's a bad feeling, man. Yeah. yeah, I did. So the last one I did and probably, I don't like this. So you like five guys, obviously, right? Like it's one of your favorites. Yeah. I know now I love five guys, but I haven't eaten it since because 2020 I did. I tried to do five, five guys burgers. It was just like a challenge oh, yeah. I made up for myself. Right. Uh, actually I think Fuad talked about it, but anyways, so yeah. I, I ordered five and I did, it's like, you know, you get the double burgers, right? So double right. burgers, double cheeseburgers. And I just did all the toppings, just, you know, the works on all of them and then a fries. And I got through, I got through the first three, no problem, like in 15 minutes. And then the fourth one took me like another 15 minutes. And then I just couldn't even look at the fifth one. Like it was just like, it put me off so bad. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't been able to eat five guys since. So it's like, you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. Right. Cause then, then when I did go back and I just ordered two burgers, I didn't even want to eat those two burgers. It was, oh man. Same. The only time I'd be able to do that. Damn. Well, you saw Robin's challenge and we replicated that one, Robin <laughs> replicated. We saw that. And, and my, yeah. You've got to go eating with you. you. I've got to bring my boy Sam that I think can eat anything. I think he's the biggest eater I know. He should be a competitive eater. But he he did it. He did that challenge easily. He's like, no brags about it every day. He's like, this five-guy challenge. He's this big Lebanese dude. He's like, <laughs> you got me now. Next, you, next YouTube video, five, five go. guys. Burgers. It's going oh, down. Oh, man. That's yeah. great. No, I don't know. Like now, now I keep it like when I do a cheat meal, I, I, I do it for my fifth meal. And I just, once, once I'm like at that point where I've, I've eaten enough, like for an actual meal, I'm just like, okay, that's done. And then I still have another meal left. So I'm not like pushing it to the limit where I'm like exploding, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how I always try and get a, I, it sucks because I love breakfast food, but I can't yeah. do my cheat meal as my first meal of the day. It'll ruin the rest of my day. Yeah. yeah. I hop any time of the day, any time of the day. Like that's the pancakes or, or wherever you're going. Like well, that's the best meal, man. You're right. Like I love. We have like this place. We have this place called Cinnamon Tree Cafe, like in Daytona here. Yeah. And it's the best pancakes, like brunch, bakery, everything there. So I'm like, if I want to cheat meal, I want to go there, not like IHOP or something, you know? Yeah. But it's like they're only open till like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. But with authentic, like chop, chocolate chip homemade or whatever pancakes. Yeah. That shit. Yeah. They like, they make all kinds of stuff. It's ridiculous. And the owner there knows me. And so I'll walk in. And one time I just, I was actually not trying to go crazy. I was like, I just want one pancake. Their pancakes are like this though. They're in like that thick. But I was like, I just want one pancake and I'm going to get like a breakfast croissant, like egg whites, you know, turkey bacon and cheese, something like that. Something somewhat healthy. And uh, he's like, man, we just sold our last croissant because we got there at 2.30 and they closed at 3. He's like, do you trust me? I was like, yeah, man. He goes, all right, I got you. I sit down. He comes out. He had taken their last two cinnamon rolls and sliced them in half, grilled them up, and made the croissant sandwich using the cinnamon rolls instead of the croissant. It was like eggs, bacon, and cheese and stuff in the middle. It was the most amazing thing ever. Oh, that sounds good. If you guys ever had a Monte Cristo, that's kind of what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, it was similar to like that, yeah. yeah. That's like a French sandwich, eh? When you go to France, you get like a cuck monsieur or something. It's like cheese-filled cross-saws. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm two weeks out, and you guys are making me really <laughs> hungry, you guys. Fuck. All right, I, I got another one more food question. Two more food questions. Okay. <laughs> Waffles, pancakes, or French toast? Pancakes. All day. Sushi, pizza, or burgers? You didn't answer the question, Paul. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah. Waffles? I was too busy for thinking of my own. Waffles, French toast, or pancakes? Yeah. Pancakes all day. Okay, I'm going French toast. Uh, French toast? I'm yeah. with you, man. I like uh, French toast, yeah. Mm. Okay, one more one more food question. It's, Wait, what were you going to say? You were going to... You said... Here's your pizza. All you can eat. Like, as much as you can fill your stomach with. Sushi, mm. burgers, or pizza? Oh, God. That's a hard one. Uh, That's a hard one. It's it's definitely sushi. I don't know why. I don't know. I'll sushi tell you what. Good, but it's flavor wise, pizza. <laughs> but I would feel like total shit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, you guys ever do pizza post show? And it's like, man, all I want is a greasy pizza. Like I just finished Niagara, and we went to this place called um, uh, my cousin Vinny's. True authentic, you know, Italian pizza. And I got the all meats, you know, with the, the greasy fucking pepperoni and whatever, whatever Italian meats come on there. And it was so salty. It oh, was yeah. So salty. And I was like, dude, I can't even have like a slice of this right now. I feel like my edema is going into my brain, you know? Dude, I, 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 I hit that hard after uh, last year's Olympia. Because I that was the fourth show of the year. I just I went and it was a week before Christmas, and I just went ham after that show. I ate everything in sight, and I had the worst edema for like a week and a half straight. 
uh, like my ankles were swollen, my lower back. Like, I don't know, people that follow me on Instagram probably see like my stories of walking the bridge for my cardio and stuff like that. Yeah. And I couldn't make it halfway up the bridge with my lower back pumps just started flaring up so bad. I couldn't even make it up the bridge. I've been there. Oh, I've been there. It's okay. not a good feeling. So no. back sushi, pizza, or, 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 or burgers? Sushi. And I'll tell you why. Because when you go to all-you-can-eat sushi, you can kind of hit, like, all of your taste buds all in one. And you can even get, like, you can order dessert at the end, too. So you can hit, yeah. like, you know, your, your salty, your – you can basically get everything. Because you can get the sushi, you can get the Chinese food, you can get – even, even sometimes, like, if you go to the Mandarin, for example, and that might be cheating. But if you go to the Mandarin, <laughs> you can even have, like, pizza there. You know, yeah. you can have, like, everything. <laughs> is a good postal choice he found the loophole yeah but, the loopholes mandarin you, you get to the mandarin and you get like these awful desserts and the funny thing is we're so we're so hungry that like they're, they're like costco desserts you know yeah you don't realize it at the time but when you're when you're full and you go to mandarin you have the food you're like man how do i like this stuff when i'm starving yeah there's a lot of stuff like that though that tastes good whenever you're starving and dieting down and then you're like you know I've done so many times where I'm like, I make something up in prep and I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm going to eat this in the off season. <laughs> you're never going to eat that in the off season. You try it one time and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? I was just thinking the same thing. Cause I make these pancakes. Like right now I'm eating them. I, I just had one for morning uh, and it's like protein powder, oats and egg white, you know, the, the standard bodybuilding bro right. breakfast when you're, when you're dieting. And I'm like, man, I'm going to do these massive ones in the off season, like with 80 grams or 120 grams of oats. And, and then I try in the off season. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You put some Walden Farms on it and you're like, man, I'm eating cardboard with cardboard. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, the one thing I still do in the, throughout the whole off season is that loaf that I make for breakfast. Like, yeah. It's just eggs, egg whites, oatmeal, and like blueberries. Yeah. And I, I blend it all up in the blender and mm. pour it in a big Tupperware container and microwave it. It turns into like a bread loaf. I do like and a very similar thing, but I make it like muffins. And it is, it is really yeah, good. Same. Yeah. And I, I eat it all year long. I might throw, instead of the blueberries, I might do a banana and put some peanut butter on top for some extra calories or something like that. But for the yeah. most part, like I, I eat that year round. Yeah. It's also, it's also smart because you market it as the Broku loaf. So like that's yeah. your thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, I get messages about that nonstop too. Yeah, so, exactly. In a tray though, and making, I thought about making muffins like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had people like clients, I'll put on their, you know, a lot of times I'll put, you know, the similar ingredients as their first meal and I'll tell them, look, you can make it like this. I've used those same ingredients and made pancakes like you were talking about. Um, and then like, I've had clients that'll make muffins out of it. Yeah. So What's better than eating the oats and the eggs and all separate, especially in the off season? I can't even do egg whites by themselves anymore. I just can't. A lot of I, don't, I don't mess with them. Yeah, I don't know. You even mess with egg whites at all, really. Yeah, you got to put them in shit. But yeah. I, like those those big bowls of cream of rice too. I get lazy because my first meal for a while was like cream of rice, three eggs. I think it was 120 grams of cream of rice, three eggs, and uh, like 400 grams of egg whites. And I was like getting so lazy, not because I couldn't eat it. You just get lazy. I'm like pouring it all in one bowl and just stirring yeah. the rice, <laughs> adding protein powder, boom. Yep. That's, when, that's when you guys, basically when you what it is, convenience. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, when you guys are in the off season, do you, do you just go for convenience? Like, do you, do you try to, do you try to just make it so you can prep all of your meals for the day? Or like, if you do a big meal prep, like with the, the minimal ingredients, like for example, like what I'll do is just go like chicken, beef, rice. And then that's like all of my meals besides like maybe breakfast and the pre-workout muffins. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I work, I work for the, the province and I have a day job, uh, before I was traveling a lot. So I do that because I'd have to go from meeting to meeting to meeting. But right now, because of the pandemic, it's been like work from home and do telephone meetings, right? Or Zoom. And the best thing is you can make your meals anytime. And I heard Ian Valier does this too. He makes his meals fresh. There's nothing like making your meal fresh and eating it. It's just so much better than having prep chicken go in the fridge and then pulling it out. It's kind of... I just always... I cook all my chicken like... Uh, one day of the week, I'll bake like, yeah. you know, 30 chicken breasts or something like that. And then I'll just pull them out and I'll just, I'll shred them. So it's like pulled chicken, you know, and yeah, that's a good idea too. You guys, and then were- I could just weigh it out per meal. And like, if I want to cook it back up in the pan, a lot of times I will I'll throw some, you know, some rice, some fresh veggies in the pan and kind of like stir fry it all up. Yeah, yeah. Get the rice in there, put some soy sauce. Yeah. Chicken fried rice. Exactly. Um, what, what about the trifecta and that stuff? Like, I see a lot of people. I don't know if they really use it, but they use it in their videos. I've never tried it. I don't know. I don't know. I I wouldn't pay a lot of money for food like that. Even I would. If, I mean, I would definitely use it if they sponsored me or something like that for off season. But I'm the type of person that like during prep, I want to cook it myself, so I know exactly what's in it. Yeah, true. For me, it's just like I I don't really mind cooking. I don't, I don't think it's worth the investment. I, I obviously, if I was sponsored by them, I'd eat it, but it's just like one of those things where like, you know, to cook chicken breast and some, some beef and some rice, like it, what, it takes you an hour, maybe two hours max. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a massive time investment. I think people kind of, people kind of use that as an excuse. Like, Oh, I don't have time. It's like, it really doesn't take that much time. Like you can even, you can honestly even cook stuff while you're watching TV. If you want to be like super lazy, you just throw everything in the oven and you put rice in a rice cooker. You can even use, um, uh, yeah. Like you don't even, it's like really like, it doesn't require that much effort. And then the only thing that actually requires some effort is to portion it out. But once everything's cooked, what, what, like what me and my girlfriend do is we just, we just portion things in the morning and that maybe takes what twenty minutes. So up the food. My, yeah. I mean, my wife. My wife works for the for the hospital here, and she's she got a promotion. She's managing like five different offices now. Yeah. She works like crazy, but she still will portion all her meals out at night before bed, and so she gets up in the morning and just has to put them in her bag and go. You know, like my job's a little more flexible, so I cook everything, but. Yeah, meat. The, all of it's in the fridge. She just portions it out at night and has it ready to go the next day. That's right. Yeah, like if you've got to be out of the house, then just bring everything with you. Like just bring all of your food for the whole day, even yeah. if you bring you bring extra because you don't know. Because that that is one of the things that I hear a lot with clients is it's just like oh like you know I had to do this and then, so therefore I had to eat wherever I was and I'm like well right. that shouldn't that should never happen because you should just be bringing all your food with you anyways. Yeah, that's a lazy excuse. You know, for people who want to eat Big Macs and their diet plan, that's the laziest excuse I've ever heard. Well, the other thing too is it's just, it's like, 
well, how much is that going to, even if you did find something that could potentially fit the same macros, how much money is that going to cost you? It's going to cost you three or four times as much as if you just brought your own food. And I don't know, I've kind of gotten to the point where like, cause I used to, I used to be at home more and I was just like, I would cook every meal like to go like, you know, to, per order, for example. But that would just, it would just, I don't know, after a while, I kind of got sick of doing that because dishes would pile up and the time investment and now I'm like, you know what? Like if I just have all my food, sometimes I don't even go to the microwave. I'll just eat it. It's like, whatever. Like, I'm just trying to get the food in just so I can do the rest of the stuff for the day. I think, I don't know. It's just like a mindset. Like, do I need to enjoy every meal? I don't need to enjoy every meal. As long as I enjoy like my first and last meal, then I'm kind of okay with the rest of them being like, whatever. Yeah. You're just getting them down at that point. You're it's for yeah. function and for, to reach your goals. Yeah, and just move on with the rest of your day, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But. Are you on the air fryer kick? Everybody's on this air fryer kick. I still haven't gotten one. Oh, I've, talk- I've had one for the past couple of years. I love it. Like We're wait- talking about getting one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's simple. Like the, Honestly, I like a lot of my meat cooked just in the pan on yeah. the stove a little better. But my wife, she, she loves the chicken. Just throw a chicken breast straight in the air fryer or her salmon in the air fryer the main thing i do in the air fryer is my sweet potatoes though yeah after baking after baking them slice them up into like thick cut fries throw some cinnamon and some salt on them and put them in the air fryer yeah that's and that's even just um like white potato fries are amazing in the air fryer especially if you just want to like make them quick like if you've got one of those uh just those potato fry makers you just crush it kind of a thing yeah just bang them out throw them in there and then 20 minutes later you have fries there really is no reason. You, you guys ever think of this when you know you see someone like very unhealthy eating like McDonald's three times a day? Like I have coworkers. God, I hope they're not watching. They probably won't <laughs> eat like shit all day. And I'm like, there is no reason you have to eat shit all day. Like one, you're spending 30 bucks a meal or whatever. And two, like it's it's just as time consuming and you're you're wasting your budget. Like there is no excuse anymore. You know, we, we, I don't we think see. people really, the majority of the average people out there just have zero idea about nutrition. You know, yeah. they don't realize what they're putting in their bodies. Even if they know it's not the healthiest thing, they don't realize how bad everything they're putting in their bodies is. I would, it's like going to grocery shopping at Walmart or something. And I'm walking around and my cart's full of, you know, vegetables, chicken, egg whites, eggs, maybe some beef, maybe some like, blueberries and stuff like that and then you got this family like checking out right next to me and my, my wife and I are bad about this not to judge people but we look we like to look at other people's carts and stuff like uh, and it's just I'm just like there is zero protein in this cart I was, besides a little bit they're getting out of some microwave dinners otherwise it's bread bakery stuff like just cereal and like, there's nothing of nutritional value in these cards. Yeah, I see the the checkout at Walmart, and you see like Cheetos. Yeah, and then you see like uh, Orange Crush or something, and or whatever the the the, the orange drinks, and then you mm-hmm. see Mr. Noodles. And you're like, yeah, dude, what the hell are you putting in your body every day? Like, are you? I, w- I wish, I wish a nutrition was a required course in school, like growing up. Yeah, like something. 
I, I don't really care what anybody says. I think as human beings, we all judge each other. Even if it's subconsciously, it happens in a split second. You, you see something and you judge that, you know, we get judged all the time. So I don't see an issue with us judging other people. It's not like a malicious or mean thing. It's just like, it's more of like a shock. I feel like it's, it's, it's almost like it, it shocks us because we're in our own little world. We talk to other fitness people that eat chicken and rice. And then when we go out into the real world, it's like, whoa, I can't believe there's that many people who are filling their carts with like pop and chips. It's actually kind of like yeah. crazy, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it still shocks me. John, it still shocks me. Like I, before I got into bodybuilding, I was off the deep end with partying and doing stupid crap. Yeah. And so but all that kind of, when I got out of that and got so enveloped in the fitness world and bodybuilding and everything like that, and then I still see people going out and smoking and drinking and like, like not like we like cigarettes and alcohol and all that stuff. And I'm like, people still do that. Like don't they realize how bad that is for them? Yeah. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, I guess, you know, a few years back, that was me. It's worse when you get into your forties though, and you're cognizant of it. And you, you still have friends. Like I still have friends that go out and, and do this every weekend. They have kids birthday parties. This is the worst. This is no really like Robin. You're right. We have these inherent biases, and we try not to have them. And you try not to be judgmental, but you are. Like I'm watching people like have kids parties and do all types of stuff when their kids go to bed, and it's like, come on, like how can you do this at your your age? You gotta wake up. You gotta work Monday. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in Daytona, man. We got Bike Week here, Biketoberfest truck week you you get bike week and biketoberfest out here and you got all these you know 50 60 70 year old people getting drunk like fall over drunk at least oh it's ridiculous yeah i used to be a bouncer i think that's the, the one thing is i was a bouncer at a bar and i was a heavy partier too in my 20s and, and nothing sets you straight like being a bouncer because you're like looking at these people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're like, man, there's no falling over. And I Peter P. what I call him because he pee his pants every Sunday. It was an Irish pub. <laughs> great guy. But he'd pee his pants. He'd be like, Peter, you pee your pants. That's how embarrassing it was. Like the guy would pee his pants. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's, I know. It, I see it, it, it all the time. Like, I'm glad. I'm so happy that, I, like, I got out of that when I, when I did like out of that stage of my life and put it behind me when I did. Cause I see people like my age or older now still doing those things. And I'm like, God, I'm like, I'm happy. Like I went through it when I had to go through it. It was like a crappy time of life, I guess. I mean, it was a lot of funny memories from it, but (laughs) that's a lot of stupidity. That's what I, that's what I feel like too. It's like, you know what? I'm happy. I got that that opportunity to have fun and, you know, do all like sorts of crazy stuff when I was younger and then kind of realize like, Hey, you know, that was cool. Like I got to be in a time where it was like, people will just like party, do drugs and like, you know, be awake like for like three days on, you know, in a row and then like just go to work on Monday. Like everything's fine, you know, and just, and when you're in that, you, 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 your, your sense of normalcy shifts where you're like, yes. this is like a normal thing for people, like thousands or millions of people do this on a regular basis. And then you, you, you shift into like, okay, now I'm going to be like a pro bodybuilder mentality where it's like, I'm just going to stay in every single night. Those people are still out there doing that stuff. 
And then it's like, then it, it kind of boggled my mind that I was getting criticized when I left that. I left and everybody was like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, uh, you're, you, you don't want to have fun anymore? I'm like, I am having fun. I'm doing what I love to do. Yeah. This is what I love to do. If I'm chasing my goals. Do, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. if you don't if you don't have goals, then, then that seems fun. But if you have goals, then this seems fun. So yeah. it just it just depends on what you want with your life, I guess, right? It's like it's and, life perspective. Yeah. You know, Robin, when you mentioned that, the funny thing is the stigma that we get, and we talk about stigma. Robin, we we had a, our first show, we were talking about stigma from doctors. Yeah. That's the funniest thing. We mentioned it now, and I, you know, I never thought of it this way, but people are partying all the time, doing hard drugs, all drinking every night. And I go into the doctor's office, I went in with a shoulder problem. Uh, at a sports medicine clinic, you know, university sports medicine. The guy says, oh, you've been injecting uh, illegal steroids in that, which I hadn't. I had surgery from this arm. I don't even know where you got that from. No, no, I actually haven't. I, have, I think I have a slap tear. But anyways, like, can we get some imaging? And I had an infection because I put a hot compress on it and I had an infection from that. So I guess he made all types of assumptions. But it's funny. Anyways, long story short, I go into a, a, an office and I get, I get so much stigma. I get looked at like I'm a meathead. I get refused treatment. When these guys are going out and doing cocaine and yeah. going to the doctor's office with a heart condition, and I'm the one that's getting stigmatized by my doctor and, or by the doctor, I don't know, told I can't get treatment. Like, isn't that ridiculous? You just have to realize like that we're, we're a very small percentage of the population. And so they, they look at us like we have a problem, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, you, you choose to use anabolic steroids. That's not a normal thing. You should be normal. You should be like these people that drink on weekends, you know, cause that is the society norm, right? It's like drink, drink on weekends, you know, party, do whatever you can work your nine to five. It's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to live that life. I want to live this yeah. life. Yeah. So Okay, let's let's get let's get off that topic. One last food question, though. Yeah. What in your carts? Dirty food, dirty food. I don't care if it's cookies, uh, cake, uh, if it's like burgers, it's greasy food, chips. What is it that you can't not have in your cart? At least like once in your off season or twice in your. I mean, it's Oreo cookies. Like I need Oreo cookies at least twice a year, and I'll do a post show because I can't have it all the time or they'll be gone. Like I'll finish a box in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? But post show, I'll have a box. So is there anything you guys need to have junky in once a year that you can't control yourself otherwise? Like you don't bring it in your house ever again. Man. One thing you, you need, if you were on a desert island, you needed this junk. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I would say maybe like sugar-free jam. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even junk. That's not, that's not an option, man. Sugar-free jam isn't even what the hell? No, that doesn't that doesn't count. You can't do sugar-free jam. Throw that out. Uh, I don't know. know. Like I'm in there. I'm pretty like honestly, just like a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Like that's a solid one. Yeah. Sustainably eat that in your off season. I'm oh. talking about something really, really, really dirty that you like. Just no nutritional value whatsoever. You you just could have it in your off season like every couple days. So you you can you can only really have it once or twice. Mm. 
Well, there was these apple fritters that we got from this place. Uh, it's like 11 hours north of Toronto. And they're like world famous apple fritters. So we bought half a dozen of them. Uh, and we tried one and they were so good that then I ended up eating two more like a week later. That's <laughs> apple fritters. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. I apple love fritters. apple fritters. They're world famous though. Like it's not like, and it's like, it's not a joke, man. Like these are the, the one thing that they're world famous for and they've perfected it. I don't know. I guess I do everything kind of in moderation. Like, I, I enjoy my treats all off season. So it's like nothing that I won't do more than more than once or twice. Okay. Like, but that food you can't eat every day. The, 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 the thing that needs to be part, like say I had Oreo cookies like once a month, twice a month. Is there something that you can't do without like a really dirty, gross food? No nutritional value. Deep fried Oreo. How do you deep fry an Oreo? You haven't had deep fried Oreos? Oh my God, Paul's missing out on life. Oh yeah. What? Where, where do you, sorry, where did I get that? Maybe we shouldn't have told him about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, post show, once I'm done, once I'm done nationals, where 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 do you get this? I actually I did nationals in Miami once, and there was a place that delivered two nationals. They were delivering because they knew national was going on. A place in Miami. Yeah. And they delivered like deep fried Oreos, deep fried brownies, deep fried, they deep fried everything and brought it to me. I ordered it backstage so that whenever I came off stage, they were there with it. Oh, wow. There, okay. There is a place, um, but you'd have to come like to Toronto because yeah, you're, you're East. You'd have to come here West. And there is a place nearby that I could tell you that it's a sushi place actually. And they have it like as part of their dessert. No. Well, I see you next week. So we're going <laughs> to, uh, at the con sounds right? good but I, I i gotta stay kind of clean okay enough with food um quickly uh can we talk about classic again can we go back to are you okay with talking about classic yeah okay i had some questions like about the classic division first of all i want to know and i'm assuming and i'm making a big assumption you're not in classic anymore because you couldn't make the weight cut off right okay my cutoff was 192. Yeah, you're way above yeah. cutoff. So for you, it was organic growth. Like, I mean, you could yeah. have been classic and, and really done well. We made the decision actually after the 2019 uh, Arnold Classic that I wasn't going to do classic anymore, but I was already qualified for the Olympia that year. So I was like, we'll do the Olympia, but because for that Arnold Classic, Man, that was probably the hardest like weigh-ins I've ever done in my life. Like I, I cramped up in the airport uh, at the when we were at the rental car area. Yeah, I curled up in a ball and couldn't move. Felt like my insides were all cram cramped up. And my wife actually came over and made me like force down some water and some food. And like I had to fast for twenty-four hours, sit in the sauna. Like it was horrible. Sounds scary, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was that was a bad feeling. That was a yeah. bad can't be good for show. You were no. diced, I would assume, but yeah, and I like there's no filling out at that point, no matter how much I ate yeah. I ate every two hours after weigh-ins, like all night long. You get and we threw in some junk as well. It was like, you know, three or four ounces of meat, a cup of a cup or two of rice, and like three cookies every meal. Yeah. 
and I couldn't fill out weeks or something, right? <laughs> Three, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it never, it never really works because there's just there's not enough time to refill no. glycogen, and then you've also you've changed your electrolyte balance so that that intracellular yeah. extracellular fluid is is messed up. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that since we're talking about classic, do you guys think that that Bumstead is beatable or or is he invincible in this class for the next couple of years? No, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I sorry, Jason, you go first. You're you're the pro. You're you're the expert. I don't see anyone beating him in the next couple of years. Yeah. But I don't think he's unbeatable. I think um, someone like Brian Jones, if he brings up his back and his hamstrings, yeah. I mean, he's dangerous for sure. That's exactly um, what it's going to bring I up. think with, with Chris's stature, it's going to be hard for someone like uh, as amazing as Terrence Ruffin is, someone that's smaller and shorter to, to take, it out, take him out. But someone like Brian Jones or – you know, one of the taller guys that can fill out their frame, you know, and has that good structure. I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to get beat. I think he's going to, he's going to win until he retires. Just because, just because his energy is infectious, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard not to, it's impossible in my opinion, not to like Chris because he's so nice. He's got, uh, he's got like this aura about him. You know, I yeah. think, I think that, you know, it's just, it's infectious, man. Like, I don't, I don't think he'll lose. I just don't think he yeah. can. He's got a, a very good personality to go along with the physique yeah. and, yeah. you know, good charisma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's a good point. I feel like, you know, as much as a physique makes the bodybuilder, I also think the personality, the charisma and the energy they bring to the stage does too. Yeah. In the marketability. I mean, you, you got to oh, look yeah. from a marketing perspective, a standpoint from the IFBB and the NPC and all the organizations involved. Like, you want Chris. You want a guy like Chris because yeah. he, he, he brings in the masses. He brings mass appeal to bodybuilding. It's funny. Right. Oh, man. When, whenever, whenever I talk to someone, like a friend who works in, like, the hospital, you know, I, I know people who work in the hospital and, and they'll... Um, they don't know much about bodybuilding, but they're like, oh, you go to 613 Lift? Oh, Chris Bumstead, Chris Bumstead, Chris Bumstead. Everybody knows Chris Bumstead. You say Dorian Yates. They're like, who's that? Ronnie Bowman, who's that? Chris Bumstead. Yeah. I guarantee you. They know. Well, I'm from Chris Bumstead, uh, Bumstead, so that plays a role too. But he's got that marketability where, like, you know, a 16-year-old, 140-pound kid can follow him and like him. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely got it, and he's he's got the following, you know. So, I mean, he's definitely done it right from from the get go. From a standpoint, I think Jones. Yeah, man, that guy is dangerous. I was looking at. I have no idea how he makes. What, he he must be one of those dudes that like has like paper thin bones. Or something. I don't know, like hollow bones. Like there's, he looks so big. I don't get it. Like, knowing how hard I struggled to make weight in classic and then seeing guys like him and I'm like, and he supposedly has room to grow. Yeah. But you're, 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 cause I, I do classic as well as bodybuilding now. And like, um, I'm six foot, six foot one and making that class is easy. Cause at nationals, we can be two thirty. Two thirty, Like that's a super heavy 
you know, regional guy. Yeah. And it's, if you're peeled at 230, it's pretty generous. But if you're yeah. if you're your height, what, what's the cutoff you said? 190 or 192. Yeah. Even if you're peeled dry, that's and but I think it's like you said, like like you were you, you were saying, um, when you're that peeled, you know, you're you're flat. You're not oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, I would that's the thing is like I said, 192 was my way in. When yeah. I did the Olympia, I was actually just over 200 by the time I hit stage because we had two days to fill out. Yeah. But the look wasn't the same. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at New York Pro, I was 200 pounds on stage. Completely different look because I didn't have to suck down to 192 first. Yeah. You know, I actually weighed in yeah. at about 204. And when yeah. I started carving up, I was dropping weight yeah. be- instead of trying to fill out to get, put weight back on because I was so flat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just kept getting harder and harder from carving up. And the look was completely different, even though the weight was about the same. Yeah. Yeah, the glycogen just doesn't go in the right place. Like, the glycogen doesn't go in your muscle. The fluids get stored in the wrong places. Yeah. You're that flat. Um, The other thing about Classic, and I wanted to ask you about this since you were in it. You ever hear, I, I I know we've all heard, like, this controversy about George not being very Classic. Like... From from different media outlets, yeah. Um, whereas he was still killing classic, you know what I mean. He was always top three at the Olympia. He was doing well, and then people are like, "Well, he doesn't have the classic look." I want to know from your perspective, and I guess I should be asking a judge this, or we should be asking judges this. But what the hell is the classic look? Is it just another bodybuilding class? Is it like a class with weight height parameters? I think it was originally. I think that's how it started off. And I think it's changed Mm -hmm. because now they really do have a specific look that they're kind of going for. You know, they've like when Bumstead won, I think it did kind of change the dynamic of what they were looking for. Because, I mean, if you're going off of what is the classic look, like there was a million different types of classic looks. I mean, you had Frank Zane. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger, you had Franco Colombo, you know, all these guys, like none of them look alike, Francis but they're all classic, you know, so yeah, like, they're all point. completely different structures and builds, but they're, you know, but Mike Mincer, like you know, all these guys, none Those, of them have a similar structure. Right. Like, but, but isn't that how classic should be? Isn't that why we have the height and the weight? Per- so you, I thought, yeah. But now they have this specific actual like shape that in mind, I think that they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. So the shape, in my opinion, like, and this is just my opinion, it's gotten closer to open in 212. So now they're looking for, yeah, the guy's got to flow for sure. Like he can't just be a blocky bodybuilder, big waist, but I think still it, it meets that criteria where they, they have to all have a similar look, big legs, um, you know, very, very like um, apples to apples. Whereas yeah. I think it hit the nail on the head. I think when Classic came out, it should have been apples and oranges. And I think that's the spirit of that division. It should be like, you know, a guy like Terrence can go against Chris and still be Chris. Right. You know, yeah, what I, I think, you know that's what, I think what it, it should have been. And then yeah, you're right. It kind of almost shifted to where that's more difficult for the you know, the smaller guys to, even if they have an amazing shape, yeah. like Terrence, you know, to keep up with that. 
I, I think it comes down to the, the classic look being out of the, the entire general population or out of the entire population of fans that watch the sport, what physique they would most like to look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because most of them don't want to look like Big Rammy. I don't think most, yeah. I, don't, I don't think most of them want to look like um, men's physique either. They they want to look like Chris Bumstead. They want to. I don't think a lot of them want to look like Breon Ainsley. I think a lot of them want to look like Chris Bumstead. I think that's 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 why it's shifted is because more people want to attain that exact physique for themselves, and so the energy goes towards that look. You know, and the judges feel that. I can see that. Anyways, guys, let's let's finish off with a couple uh, would you rather questions. You guys want to do that? Sure. <laughs> would you on the uh, audience questions too? But you 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 start. Would you rather? I like that. Would you rather? Let's start right. with physiques. Can we start with physiques? Would you rather like a Lee Haney look, a Dorian right. Haney look? We're on this topic. Then you can ask here to, because I it's fresh on my mind. Lee Haney, Dorian Yates, Ronnie Coleman, or Lee Priest. Let's throw those names out. Who would you rather? I get the height with it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put Lee Priest in there. You get out of <laughs> guy. I mean, a big short guy. Fuck Lee. I'm sorry, man. He's a good guy. Oh, I short. would say I would say Lee Haney, man. I was I was gonna say the same. As far as like shock and awe, it would be awesome to walk into a room or a gym looking like Ronnie Coleman or Dorian Yates. You know, but like for for life in general and just for the aesthetics and the shape and everything to go along with the muscle, Lee Haney's like top notch. Yeah. What if I threw Arnold in there? Lee Haney. I'd still go Lee Haney, I think. Yeah, I think everybody goes Haney. Haney is like the ideal. He had smaller legs though. I think the the only person that I would put in front of Lee Haney in terms of what I would want to look like would be Justin Compton. <laughs> Dude. Justin Compton was like freaky, yeah. Like, and everything was put together Very just fun. right. Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. a tough one too. I mean, because that's great shape with insane mass. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get many mass monsters looking very aesthetic and and pretty, and you you, you wouldn't mind walking down the street looking like that. Yeah. So like Marcus Rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone turns their head. 100% I'd pick Marcus Rule too if that was if that was an option. <laughs> take Marcus Rule, right? Oh, 100%. I don't think many people would. Uh, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would too. I mean, yeah. Look, man. Um, okay, you go with your uh, rather question. Let's hear it. Okay, would you guys rather have a, a mullet or a, or a ponytail or a man bun? I've had a man bun, so I, I'm a man. <laughs> okay. So man Paul, Paul's man bun. I regret it, yes, but I had it. Oh man, um, I don't think I could do the ponytail. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it'd have to be between the other two, and uh, man bun. I don't know. My hair is actually probably probably about long enough now. I could do a man bun or something. You could, yeah. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous right now. What, what what kind of mullet? Like a rat tail mullet? mullet full mullet mm. business in the front party in the back mullet. i mean hey i was raised in a very uh redneck yeah. town so i could probably get away with that 
I would I would go mullet too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of like the mullet. Yeah, I, I think I don't think I can pull it off, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I did the man bun, but I do the mullet. Yeah, I choose the mullet. I'm not saying this because you guys did. I I think I would have rather. Fuck, I think I'd be less ashamed of having a mullet than I did having that man bun. Yeah. <laughs> I think you get made fun of less <laughs> yeah. with the mullet. People just kind of let it go. People if you look like Mark, if you look like Marcus Rule with a mullet, I don't think anybody's saying anything. <laughs> no, people are scared of that. <laughs> Marcus Rule with a man bun? With, with a mullet. I think more people would be scared of Marcus Rule with a, with a mullet than Marcus Rule without a mullet. I Do think you, so too. Ponytail would work for someone like really freaky like that. Well, Kai Green had a ponytail. It worked for him. That that's the thing. Ponytails work with certain certain like in, like if you look like a Buddhist monk or something. I mean, maybe the ponytail would work. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could pull it off. Could be intimidating, you know. <laughs> Men yeah. never be intimidating. It's just <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 um what what do you call those uh those guys uh the ones that do like the organic coffee and stuff hipsters naturalist or something thank you the hip okay <laughs> Jason you gotta have one uh, 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 would you rather a rather would fun. I rather oh man you put me on the spot I haven't thought I, I haven't thought about it I haven't thought about it okay I'll try to think one up. Robin, you have any more for us? Uh, would you rather, for the rest of your life, have to talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? Yoda. Yoda's cool, man. If I could talk in the third person all the time. you pick Yoda. I'd have to go talk like Yoda. Man, I, the heavy breathing. No. Yeah. It would just be like wearing a CPAP all the time. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't keep my CPAP on uh, for like five minutes. Like I'll rip it off. Yeah, it takes a lot of thought. You know, talking like Yoda, it would just to process that all the time and be like yeah. thinking. It's like speaking a different language. I'm thinking of like, like what you would sound like. What? Okay, you win the Olympia, and you you have to give your your speech, right? Wouldn't you rather talk like Yoda or have that badass breathing? You know, it's just like, you know, like imagine giving your speech with the breathing of Darth Vader. That would be badass for sure. Yeah, no, people would just think you have a heart condition. <laughs> yeah, you're that big up there. They'd just be like, oh, this dude's about to pass out. Anyway. Yeah, they'd be like, that dude's very unhealthy. Yeah. I, I made a YouTube video once and I'm like, I'm going to get a pump. This is so embarrassing. But like, I, I, it was during the pandemic and I was working out a lot and I'm like, fuck, I just finished working out. And then I made a YouTube video on MK677 and it got like thousands of views. And everybody's commenting like, man, you're very unhealthy. You got to get that shit checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I doing a set, you know, like a heavy, heavy, probably like dumbbells for like 20 minutes of like sets of 40. Because <laughs> I was doing like repetitions nonstop because that's all I had at home. But anyways, heavy breathing isn't cool. People think you're sick. True. Everyone loves Yoda, so. Everyone loves Yoda. Yeah, and everybody loves someone who can speak in riddles and wise. Yeah. They would think you're really smart. Yeah, that's true. This guy's so smart. It's like Kai Green. You mentioned Kai Green. It's like Kai Green. He kind of speaks in riddles. He's like a Yoda. I guess that's true. He's like, yeah, the Yoda of bodybuilding, eh? It's like, what the fuck is he talking about? I don't know. Nobody knows what he's talking about. No. Motivational. <laughs> yeah. 
He goes right, off guys. onto some strange tangents. I think we better. I think we better end it there. We're going on for a while, but yeah, um, time to eat. Yeah, time to eat for sure. Jason, we got to get you on for another one. Yeah, yeah be man, ready. Anytime. You got to be ready for a would you rather next time. <laughs> we'll give you time. Give yeah, you time I'll to prepare to, for to, uh, brainstorm a little bit. Next time, let, let, let's see if we can come up with one for the next time that like it stumps everybody. You know? Yeah. It blows everyone's mind. Would you yeah. rather be kicked in the nuts or or hit hit or bottled over the head unconscious? Ball over the head. What was the first one? What to the nuts? Kicked. Well, you know, like just just like a blow to the nuts, really hard. I mean, I've been knocked out with a bottle over the head before, so I'll take it again. <laughs> yeah, maybe you concussion. That could be years of damage. <laughs> I think we need to hear that story now. <laughs> I don't remember much from that story. I just know what happened. <laughs> just I woke up. I'm kicking the nuts. I think you do. Maybe it has uh, some fertility ramifications. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Because, yeah. because I don't have any kids yet. The I, I, the, I need to safeguard those. I don't have kids. Yet. Yeah, that's it. The kick, the kick in the nuts. It doesn't because that's you, you got to be careful because the kick in the nuts doesn't specify how hard it's going to be. It could be like the hardest kick in the nuts ever, and then you're ruined. The bottle yeah. of the head can only be so hard. You can only get knocked unconscious like so much, right? Like once you're unconscious, that's it, you know. But the kick in the nuts, you're going to feel that, and and your kids are going to feel that. So you know, <laughs> be careful with what what you wish for, right? All right. Anyways, guys, uh, <laughs> thanks for your time, Jason. Um, Anytime. Thank you guys for listening. Canadian Beef, make sure you check out our sponsors, GorillaWearCanada.com and Helix Online. Again, you can use the code BEEF20, save yourself 20% off clothing, 20% off SARMs. Make sure you get that MK677 so you can get big in the off season. And until next time, guys, we're out of here. Canadian beef. Thank you, Jason. Love you, man. Anytime. Have a good one, Jason.